You're listening to Men of Abundance, episode 180 with Dan Miller. And today we're talking about taking responsibility for yourself to find the work you love. Welcome to Men of Abundance, the podcast for those looking to level up their lives by hanging out with some of the greatest leaders and established professionals in our community, living a life of integrity, honor, and the abundance mentality. Prepare to pay it forward with your host, former army medic turned lifestyle entrepreneur, Wally Carmichael. What is going on in your world today, men of abundance? I am Wally Carmichael, your founder and host of the Men of Abundance podcast. Men and you women out there listening, we are bringing you a conversation today so that you can find the work you love. This is extremely, extremely important. You know, I truly believe that all work is godly work. All work is godly work, no matter what it is you're doing. But it's very important for your soul. It's very important for your health. And it's very important to your family that you love the work that you do. And if you don't, then keep listening because we're going to help you find the love in the work you do or relocate and find other work. And you know as well as I do that many other people are going to want to hear this conversation. If you've ever heard anybody say something about a dreaded Monday, the Monday blues, thank God it's Friday, or is it Friday yet? Or one of my personal favorites is referring to Wednesday as the third day of the hostage situation. (laughs) That one cracks me up. But if you've heard anybody say any of these things in reference to their job, then they definitely want to hear this conversation. So make sure you're abundant in your life today by paying it forward and sharing this episode with all of them. And share it with others because you know the people who want to start enjoying the work that they do or find other work that they do love. And there are so many ways that you can share men of abundance very easily. just takes a couple seconds. One is just to go on your social media and share menofabundance.com. Or you can share right from your podcast player. There's usually three little dots and you can just click on that where it says share episode or share podcast and you can text it to somebody, send it in an email, share it on social media, whatever it is that you want to do. But share Men of Abundance with everyone you come in contact with. Just share it with your entire email list. Share it with everybody on your Facebook page. It's really that simple and it is that important because these people want these conversations, they need these conversations, and they will thank you for it. And then, of course, if you really want to help out and you really want to help people that you don't even know find men of abundance is you can leave a rating and review on iTunes. So many people have found men of abundance simply by searching for the topics such as abundance, uh, better lifestyle, healthy lifestyle, various things like this. They found men of abundance by searching on Google and iTunes And they found that because of the reviews that we have, and it pushes Men of Abundance up in the search engines. So go to menofabundance.com, and underneath any one of the podcast players, you can find the button that says iTunes or leave a review. Click on it. It'll take you right to the page where you can leave a four or five-star review, whatever it is. Just be honest with your review so that we can get the feedback and make Men of Abundance even better than what it is today. And one last thing, guys, if you are listening to this and you're not a member of the Men of Abundance community on Facebook, there's only one reason why you should not be, and that is because you're not on Facebook. (laughs) Other than that, 
go to menofabundance.com, click on the members only tab at the top of the page and request access to the page, to the Men of Abundance community where we are having the conversations, we're continuing the conversation from the podcast and we're having other conversations in there about general life issues, relationship issues, and really just learning to live a life of abundance in family, faith, finances, and fitness. We don't get a whole lot religious and a whole lot into religion on there, but many of us are men of faith and we just want to improve each other's lives. So that's where you can go to have those conversations, menofabundance.com, click on the members only tab. And when you stick around to the end, I'm going to share with you how you can get on a 30 minute phone call with me personally. Now let's bring out our future guest. Our feature guest today is none other than Dan Miller. Dan is the author of the New York Times bestselling books, 48 Days to the Work You Love, No More Dreaded Mondays, and Wisdom Meets Passion. He has been a guest on CBS, The Early Show, MSNBC's Hardball with Chris Matthews, and The Dave Ramsey Show. Dan has spoken at the White House Christian Fellowship and is in high demand as an expert on new opportunities in today's changing workplace. His 48 Days podcast consistently ranks in the top three under careers on iTunes. And the 48dayseagles.com community is viewed as an example around the world for those seeking to find or create work they love. Dan has been married to Joanne for over 50 years. They have three grown children and 17 grandchildren and live on nine beautiful acres in rural Franklin, Tennessee. Men of Abundance, it is my honor to introduce you to Dan Miller. Dan, welcome to Men of Abundance, man. How you doing? Hey, I'm doing excellent. Looking forward to a conversation with you, Wally. Me too. I really am. Where are you at in the world? I'm in Franklin, Tennessee, which is about 20 miles south of Nashville. Yeah, just kind of a suburb, a southern suburb of Nashville, but beautiful countryside, lightly changing seasons. Yeah, we love it here. Yeah, I have not had the pleasure yet of visiting Tennessee. I've got a lot of friends of mine who live in Tennessee and a lot of my guests, actually, and other people that I've, I now call my friend because I've been talking to him for so much lately. Um, Aaron Walker, you know, I get to see his daily walks, on, you know, he shares on Facebook and yeah, uh, a lot of good stuff. I know it's just a beautiful place. A lot of entrepreneurs in Tennessee these days and a lot of podcasters. Well, I, I, I kid with people. I tell them Franklin, Tennessee is the intellectual center of the universe. But th- there's a lot of people in our space, podcasters, authors, yeah, people who are doing creative things online that are located here. Yep. Yeah. So I got bud- buddies like Michael Hyatt and Dave Ramsey and lots of others that live right here. Absolutely. Wonderful. So, you know, before we get too much into our conversation here, Dan, I like to start out pretty much the same way I start every single morning, which is with an attitude of gratitude. What do you have to be grateful for today, Dan? Well, I could make a long list, but at top of mind today really is family. We've had three of our grandkids with us today. Their mom and dad are confronted with a challenging situation. So we've had three grandkids here. That was totally unexpected. But fortunately, with the way my work has been designed, I just dropped everything and spent the day with them. So that's amazing. But but, but I'm so grateful for the the children and grandchildren that, that I have. We have lots of them. We have three three children, grown children, and seventeen grandkids. So lots of activity around here that's not work related directly, but it's just part of living a life that's meaningful. 
What a blessing. What That is a blessing. Absolutely love it. So, Dan, you know, one of the questions that I like to ask guys, and I, and I know it stumps some people, but I am abs, absolutely positive it won't stump you, and that is, how would you describe yourself? What I want to come to mind when people think of Dan Miller is inspiring. I want to be somebody who helps people, you know, have the lights come on in a way that they haven't before, helps them see potential that they didn't realize, help them see opportunities that's right around them. That's the guy I want to be, inspiring. That's my word. Yeah, and you are. And you have been inspiring to me for quite some time. Um, as I go further into this podcasting arena and get further into my you know, coaching business and, and doing the things that I'm doing and connecting with men, just connecting with people in the circles I'm getting into, the masterminds I'm getting into, your name comes up time and time again. And not just from your authoring, not just from your books, but just from who you are and how you present yourself. And it truly is inspiring from start to finish. Uh, and that's why when I had a conversation with a couple other guests that, you know, mentioned that they would able to be able to introduce you and I. And then Dan Moyle was able to get get you and I introduced. And I got to thank Dan for that. Uh, another great, great guy. Uh, yeah. I just really appreciate that. So just being in these circles is so inspiring to um, see your work and see what you've been doing for so many people around the world. And then to have this conversation with you virtually over Skype, it's just amazing. Literally over oh, yeah. Skype, actually. <laughs> well, I'm honored to be talking about it. Again, I've been uh, privileged to have some uh, amazing opportunities. You know, I'm pretty intentional in how I structure things and what I want to have happen. But it's not to take the spontaneity and joy out of life. Believe me, it's to accentuate and expand those things. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, we're going to get into a couple of your books and specifically 48 Days to the Work You Love because one of the guys, you know, many of the guys that listen to this, they're not entrepreneurs. They're they're men who they have jobs and really they want to. And I know this, they want to enjoy the job that they have now or find some other type of work, some find another vocation, find another career, as you explained in the book. And there's differences in those three. But even before we do that, one of the things that I have not found about you is a significant kick in the gut moment. And I bring this up on the show because everybody, regardless of where they're at in life, everybody has this kick in the gut moments. And what you do with that experience is really determines where you're going to go in life and what you're going to do next. And in some cases, it actually defines some people. So if you would, I'd like for you to share one of those kick in the gut moments with us and really make us feel that. Well, there there have been times, Kelly, I mean, there are times like if I buy a car and then a transmission goes out. I mean, there are those kind of things, but those are pretty minor compared to some of the ones that have really gotten my attention. And I, I'm pretty, pretty thick-skinned in terms of being able to roll with the punches. But a few years back, I, I had a business. Uh, some things changed. The banking environment changed. The bank that I was doing business with changed ownership three times in two years. So all the people that I knew that I had these great handshake relationships with were gone. They called some notes, and it forced me to sell my primary business. It was the health and fitness center at the time. And I thought that I'd just be a lot of that, you know, take care of everything and walk away and just start something new. But it didn't turn out that way. I mean, sold it at a public auction. And I woke up the next morning and realized that was about $430,000 in debt. Mm. And I didn't have anything. And a lot of that was IRS obligations. 
Uh, they're pretty merciless in those kind of situations. When you have nothing, they like to mm-hmm. squeeze you squeeze you anyway. And a gentleman who liked to show up and stand in my driveway at 5.30 in the morning just as a form of intimidation, um, I don't even think they could get away with that anymore. But it was, it was pretty gruesome. But uh, at that period of time, I mean, at that moment, I also realized there was only one person that had gotten us in that situation. This was not a time to point fingers or blame. It had There was no purpose in doing that. I got up the next morning, looked at that guy in the mirror and said, hey, dude, you get us into this. How are you going to get us out of this? So I, I think the, the, the fact that I accepted full responsibility for that, even though it would have been easy to point fingers in some direction, I accepted full responsibility for that and said, all right, how am I going to get out of this? All the way to the point, Wally, where you know I, I was advised by my attorney and others just file bankruptcy, certainly a legitimate thing to do. Now, that doesn't take away the IRS debt, but it would have taken away most of what I just described. Now, that, now, you know, that's not the way I was raised. I was raised where your word means something. These were people that I gave my word to, a lot of more vendors for the business that I had. So those kind of things. And I said, you know what? I, I owe that money. I need to take care of that. So it, it also helped me shape what my options were at that point. Now, I certainly could get a job, but if I got a job, like teaching at the university or something like that, that would be a fit for me. You know, I'm going to make seventy, eighty thousand dollars a year max, and the math just didn't work. How could I ever provide for a family with three kids at the time and pay back that obligation? It's not going to happen. So I decided to get right back in the game, full course entrepreneur like I am, and do something that had no guarantee but also no ceiling. And I started walking us out of that. Now, I thought it would, you know, being an optimist as I am, I thought, yeah, it'll take me a couple of years, I'll knock that out, and we'll be on our way. Well, it took longer than that. What happens with IRS obligations is it doesn't stay a static number. It grows voraciously. <laughs> it grows like a bamboo tree, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it, it took me a lot longer. It actually took me 12 years. Wow. But here's the thing. Those were very formative years for my kids. But you talk to my kids about that. They don't even realize we went through a tough time because the, the, the relationships in our home, the joy in our home never changed. Now, true, instead of going to Sanibel Island for vacation, you know, we'd go through Taco Bell and go to the park for the afternoon. So some things changed dramatically in the eyes of my wife and I. But in the eyes of our kids, nothing changed. And it, it's funny now to hear them, you know, as we talk about how horrendous that experience was, and they don't have any recollection of that being a tough time, because we continued to validate the things that matter most in life. So I walked us through that, but that was certainly a kick in the gut moment, believe me. Yeah, absolutely. I can definitely feel that, and I couldn't imagine that amount of debt. I've been in debt before, but nothing nearly as much as that, and that it's it's heart-wrenching you're literally that's where i got a lot of gray hairs from and my wife's hair was falling out literally i'm getting a little personal there but that's just the reality of it it truly is stressful um but once you make i love that you've made that pivot point and made that enough is enough moment looked yourself in the mirror and said hey just like you you know you got us into this how are you going to get us out and guys take responsibility for that stuff and that's what dan's talking about here you know that makes so much difference. You know, I mean, I encounter people every day who, who got fired. Well, it just happens. It's just part of the workplace. We have to expect that that can happen, even if you're responsible, competent, and all those things. But it benefits nobody to be angry about that. You know, when I work with people while they're, they're angry, they're frustrated, they're uh, depressed, 
mean, all those negative emotions, I know they're looking backward at what already happened. Mm -hmm. As soon as we can get focused on the future with a clear plan of what the future is going to look like, all of a sudden we get boldness, enthusiasm, confidence, and those negative emotions start to diminish dramatically. Exactly. Exactly. And going back to the... um you know, taking taking responsibility for that, as soon as you realize that you're the one that got you into that and you're the only one that can get you out with the assistance of other people, masterminds and so on and so forth, you the the empowerment, the feeling of empowerment, in my experience anyway, it just it's huge. And it makes a big difference and you start seeing light at the end of the tunnel type of thing and then you just kind of make a plan for it. So with a lot of the guys that you work with and a lot of the people that you work with in reference to um, finding the work that they love, what are some of the things that they're finding that they're just not liking about the work that they love? And then how do you run them through that process of love the work that they're doing now or kind of decide if they're going to move on to another career? Show them a better path, sure. Yeah, and I work primarily with people who from all outside appearances are very successful. So I work with CEOs and entrepreneurs and accountants and attorneys, physicians, pastors, people who, again, by every outside appearance, look like, man, they got it made. And these people are showing up and saying, you know what? I'm doing okay, but I just think there's more. I'm not sure I'm on the right path. Now, here's where we go with that. It's not for me to say, wow, I know the hottest selling franchise. You know, let's get you into that. Or I know some people who are on Amazon and they're absolutely knocking it out of the park. I mean, there's all kinds of opportunities all around us. That's not where we start. Looking externally for what the next move is going to be is a recipe for short-term satisfaction. It's a Band-Aid. 85% of the process of having a confidence of proper direction and looking forward in your career comes from looking inward. Looking at what you already know about yourself. So that's why I love to work with people who have had a little bit of life experience. It's tough to work with an 18-year-old and really figure this out. But when I get somebody who's 45 years old, wow, we got enough life experience we can look back and start to see those recurring patterns. When were those times when you really felt like you were in the zone? What are those unique skills and talents that you have that you not only have the ability to do, but you want to continue using? How do you relate to other people? What kind of environment are you most comfortable in? What are those recurring dreams and passions? So we have all that information, but it's very much self-awareness. It's very much introspection. And in doing that, then we come up with a really clear focus. If that confirms what it is you're doing now, let's look at maximizing it. It may be a subtle realignment in how you're allocating your time. You know, it may be asking for a promotion. It may be going to another company in a similar kind of position. But if that also indicates, wow, you know, you made a decision when you were 18 years old that really doesn't fit you well at this season of life, then let's look at how that's going to change. And I've helped people make dramatic changes who have an MD or a DDS or JD behind their name. Hmm. And uh, we, we make dramatic changes in what they're doing. Now, you, you referenced a little bit the distinctions that I make between calling career and job those are very different you know calling or vocation is kind of the big picture mm -hmm. so we can have somebody who is a dentist as an example where we change well they'll never again have to have their hands in somebody's slimy mouth but it doesn't negate the value of the direction that they took it doesn't negate the value of the academic education they got it doesn't negate the calling or vocation that they originally wanted to go into. They may want to help reduce pain and suffering in the world. 
as an example. Well, being a dentist is one example of that, but there are a whole lot of other things you can do. So we don't go back and just wipe the slate clean, but we look at what are those things that originally took you in this direction? What are the pieces that, that we want to maintain as we then look at new applications? And the applications today are so astounding. We have opportunities today that didn't exist 15 years ago, that didn't exist three years ago. So you can't just make one decision and think it's going to carry you forward. As a matter of fact, you know, a lot of people I see who have been in the same career, the same position for 20 years, boy, they're missing things. They're really behind the eight ball because life is passing them by. You know, just that kind of what we used to see as loyalty or sameness maybe work against you. That's not necessarily a positive, even in how it's viewed by a new potential business partner or employee or employer, rather. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. You know, one of the things I try to uh, express to guys is to experience many different things, many different vocations, even get a side hustle and, and kind of whether you're getting paid for it or not, but I prefer, you know, they go out and find something that they can do on the side, make a little bit extra income. But oh, by the way, in doing so, many of the guys that I've talked to, even for the show and off the show, they found their passion. These were corporate guys, like you said, dentists, doctors, uh, attorneys, corporate level people that just decided, you know what? I want to go do this. I'm thinking of a guy, I, me- I remember a story that Mike Rowe talked about at one point, a corporate guy who had to have his cesspool changed out and he realized how much it cost. And then he started studying about it, learning about it. Long story short, the guy's now got a cesspool business and he's <laughs> he's loving life. He don't necessarily love the work necessarily, but he loves the life he's created for himself because he's got so much more flexibility. He doesn't have to go into the office every day, doesn't have to commute, all the other stuff he didn't like about his prior job. And he carried some of that business acumen over into sure. what he's doing now. And like you were just saying, carry that stuff over, but oh, by the way, redesign your life. And one thing that you say that I've said to my boys for many years as they're getting into the job force is design, decide how you want to live, what you want your lifestyle to be like, and then find a job, vocation, some way to make an income around that that will support that lifestyle. Can you elaborate on that? Because I love how you put it. Oh, my. Yeah, I mean, you're exactly right. When I work with somebody, most of the people that I see, their contact with me was precipitated by their unrest in what they're doing work-wise. But we don't start there for solutions. I have them identify what would the ideal life look like physically? What's it, what are you going to be, you know, what do you want to be like three years from now in terms of community connections, you know, socially, personal development, spiritually? financially. Let's look at all those things. And once we create the ideal there, then we come back and look at, all right, now what kind of work will embrace the kind of life that you say you want to live? But most people approach that exactly in the reverse. They get a job offer in Paducah, Kentucky. Well, geez, I never wanted to live in Kentucky, but I got a job there. So I guess we'll go there and figure things out. I mean, that's that's a horrible way to approach it. I mean, there's opportunities anywhere anywhere you want to be. So if you like the changing seasons and, you know, like the the fun of winter, hey, live in Denver, Colorado. There's plenty of things to do there. Personally, I wouldn't enjoy that at all. I don't like snow, you know, so, but we live just south of Nashville, Tennessee, not because I thought there would be great business opportunities here. 
that I, I had no idea what I was going to do when we came here. We came here because we like the changing seasons. There's a major airport. It's within a day's drive of most everybody that we are connected to family-wise. Those were the reasons. You know, it has cultural things for our kids, a lot of music, which we love. Those were the things that brought us here. And then it was an opportunity to say, okay, now what am I going to do to you know, put, keep food on the table? Well, there's a thousand things I could do there. And that's, but that's not the focus. I mean, I could, I could change today. I mean, I love the life that I have, you know, as an author, speaker, coach. If, if something happened, if for some reason those things were obsolete, outlawed, or whatever, I wouldn't miss a beat. I'd be down the street here. There's all kinds of places, lots that are vacant here in Franklin. I'd have me a little used car lot with about 30 cars ready to go, and I would be a happy camper. I mean, and I could put 10 other ideas on the list. That would, Those things wouldn't change my life. And that's that's one of the things that's really important when people have, a, especially guys, you know, when they have a career challenge, all of a sudden it's like their life stops. Man, if that's the case, you, you had the wrong emphasis on the work that you're doing. Work is a tool for making a meaningful life. But it shouldn't be the thing that defines you and the only thing of value. Yeah, absolutely. If it, if it, if it is, you're very vulnerable. Yeah, well, exactly, exactly. And that's one of the things I try to express to people as well as, you know, they always say, well, I need a job, I need a job. No, you, it's not, you don't need a job. Get that mindset out. It's, you, you need an income. That's what you really need. And where that comes from is really up to you. Is and you using some of those skills that you talk about in Forty Eight Days to the Work You Love and and other videos that you have out there, is finding those type of things. Even you even break it down in in Forty Eight Days on how to interview for a job, how to find a job. And so many people are going about it the wrong way. They're looking in the newspaper. These days they're looking on job boards. And by the time mm-hmm. jobs get on job boards, chances are they're either already taken or the, the jobs that people don't want within the organization or they're just fishing for to increase their pool of people to talk to, quite frankly, as, as there's rotation, as there's, like you say, what is it like every, most people are in jobs for three years, three and a half years, if that Yep, two point three years is about the average at this point. Yep, and 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 it's it's less for people who are young. Or people in their twenties have an ob- average job tenure of thirteen months. Wow, yeah. So short you, attention you span. <laughs> yeah, so you do the math on that. I mean, these kids are going to have ten, fifteen different jobs in a working lifetime. Which yeah, is so fun. Job, I think that's cool for a yeah, young age. They're exploring, finding different vocations, finding different jobs, different skills, learning new things. I think that's great at a young age. Well, my my wife still calls me a three year man. Now <laughs> I've structured my business so that I'm always stopping things and starting new things. So I've addressed that need for change that I have by building a business model that's very fluid. But if I were doing just one thing. I wouldn't last. I, I'd sabotage it and be ready to move on to something else totally. Yeah, you know, I'd be the same way. And it's it's interesting thinking about that because while I did serve 25 years with the same organization, which is the United States Army, I relocated. I, I, I had a new job every two years. I literally relocated to a new country or state every three mm-hmm. to four years. But even within the organization, I moved on to different jobs within that um within that organization. So I was always keeping it new and, and learning new things and, you know, improving here and realizing I don't like doing that anymore. So I'll make sure I don't come back and do that. But uh, again, some skills from it. So yeah, absolutely. 
Well, Dan, we could go on and talk forever on this subject because I just love it. I've been through your book so many times already, and I'm getting through the other ones as well. But at this point, we're going to pay it forward to our abundant leaders. You ready to do that? Sure, absolutely. Outstanding. So share with men of abundance one to three actionable steps that they can take today. I think it's healthy at any given time to kind of draw a line in the sand and say, you know, who am I, where am I, where am I going? Where's the current life that I'm living leading me? And to then take a fresh look at what are my unique skills and abilities? What are my personality tendencies? What are my dreams, values, and passions? That can give you the confidence that you're in the right place. It also gives you the confidence that if something happens to what you're doing work-wise today, you know exactly who you are and you can step right back into a new opportunity. So that introspection at any given time is a healthy kind of thing to do. Love it. Absolutely love it. So what daily habits make the biggest impact in your life, Dan? What I do the first three hours of the day is, without exception, the most important. I mean, what happens beyond that is kind of incidental. But what I do in the first three hours of the day, where I have no contact with anybody else, you know, I get up, I never, you know, um, turn the TV on, don't have, get a newspaper, I don't grab my phone. I mean, I don't look at emails. That's not what I want to have in my mind the first thing in the morning. I want to have things that are pure, clean, positive. So I have a very strict morning routine. And by the time that, you know, by 8.30, I mean, I'm usually up at 5.30, so those first three hours are so important. By 8.30, yeah, then my wife is usually up by then. And we have a cup of tea and a muffin together, start our day, talk about things that are important, what we're going to do. And then I'm ready to engage. But it's that that sets the stage for the day. Not what happens beyond that. What happens beyond that, there can be unexpected things, negative things. It doesn't matter. If I have those first three hours of the day handled properly, I'm ready to go. Yeah, I absolutely love it. And I love my morning routine as well. What are you reading or listening to other than your books, which are definitely going to have linked up in the show notes, but what are you reading or listening to that you'd recommend to our abundant leaders and why? Wow. I, I am a voracious reader. I read a lot. I just finished Brendan Majard's new book, High Performance Habits. Mm. And I have tabbed up, marked up, line, underlined more than a book, any book I've read in a long time. I would, that's why I really like that. I'm also reading The Daily Stoic. It's just short inspirational things from some amazing writers back in history a few years. So I, t I tend to read things that are not just strategies. There's a lot of things out there having to do with, you know, how to get more blog followers or how to use Facebook or how to grow a business or manage well. But I tend to read things that are more introspective, that are building a personal life more than just a business life. Dan, of all the people that you've talked to, what do you feel holds most people back from living a life of true abundance or at least getting, you know, doing the work that they love? Yeah, there are a couple things. One is just that occurrence of poor habits. So we get used to things as they are, and we, we tolerate a version of Groundhog Day where, well, at least it's familiar. It's not great, but it's familiar and predictable, so I'll just allow it to continue. That's what often holds people back. The other thing is limiting beliefs. Just the belief that, well, there's probably nothing better. Well, you know, this is probably as much money as I'll ever be able to make in my life. Yeah, you know, I know this isn't perfect, but it's probably as good as it gets. 
So those two things, you know, the intrusion of poor habits that we allow to just kind of build up over time because we because of familiarity and limiting beliefs. Yeah, and you know those limiting beliefs and the ones that you mentioned right there, in in, in some cases somebody look at that and go, well, what's wrong with being there and being, you know, this is, I'm comfortable here, this is where I want to be. But one of the things that I that I've read and I know that you talked about as well is, well, where you're at there, where you're at now, and as, as I always say, always imp- if you're not always improving your foxhole, then eventually dirt's going to start falling in, and things are going to start going wrong at work, and things are going to go wrong in your life. Things are going to change. They're not going to stay there. Rather, you want them to stay there or not, they're not going to stay there. So if you're not constantly improving yourself and your skills and your person, your per, you know, people skills, is which I'm really big on, uh, improving your mindset, if you're not doing these things, then if you're not moving forward, then you're moving backwards. Yeah, absolutely. I agree totally. You know, there's the second law of thermodynamics, which says that things left to themselves tend to deteriorate. And that's really true. You, you have anything that you just leave it on its own. It tends to deteriorate, not get better. It takes intention and attention to improve things. And that's certainly true. Personal lives. You know, I'm... I'm my wife and I next month will celebrate our 50th wedding anniversary, which is congratulations. That's awesome. Uh, thank you. You know, and we know what a special blessing that is. But that didn't just happen. That's because I'm as intentional about my marriage as I am about any business I've ever had. More so, it's more important to me. Businesses can come and go. Jobs can come and go. Man, that that marriage is like gold in the bank. I do things to make sure that I'm making deposits there. I mean, I still open the door for my wife, you know, and tell her how beautiful she is. And every Friday is date night and I plan special things. And we go places together that I plan special trips. I mean, wow. I mean, those are things that are really important to me and things where I want to be intentional, again, about the things that really matter. Absolutely. Wonderfully. Very well said. And and again, congratulations. That is absolutely amazing. Well, thanks. You know, it's it's a it's a catch twenty two to admit that because it implies how old I am. <laughs> how wise you are. How wise you are. I you know, it's funny cuz I you know, these women were talking about how old they were and you know, they're some like to like to tell their age and stuff and I told them I said, "Look, all of you need to embrace your age because wherever you're at, you're beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Just own it and I, I just love it." So, Dan, what does living a life of abundance mean to you? Well, it's some of what we've just been talking about here, Wally. I mean, those are the kind of things when I look at the relationships that I have. I mean, that's where I really feel abundant. I mean, I tell people I'm a familiar, meaning I'm wealthy beyond belief in terms of my family relationships. And it goes beyond that. You know, as you've already alluded, man, I've got relationships with people all around the world. I mean, I've had so many opportunities to play a part in somebody's success journey and for which I'm extremely grateful. It's so gratifying. The gifts that we have sent to us are so humbling. But that's what, you know, to to know that I touch somebody else's life, that's what living a life of abundance means to me. Wonderful. Absolutely love that. We're going to close this up, Dan, and we are definitely going to have all of your books, 48 Days to the Work You Love, No More Dreaded Mondays. Definitely want to get into that one. Wisdom Meets Passion. That just sounds so amazing. We're also going to have 48 Days Podcast. Guys, 
the podcast, 48 Days Podcast. you got to get into that. One question I do have that I'm not really familiar with, Dan, before I completely let you go here, is explain to the guys a little bit about 48dayseagles.com. What is that? Sure. Uh, that's something, you know, when I talk about a three-year man, last year, at the beginning of the year, I said, I'm going to just start a place where people can come. People who know there's more, they may have a little idea that they want to develop, or they may want a promotion, advancement in what they're doing. So I created an online group, 48 Days Eagles, and it's been it's just been amazing to watch what happened. People came in readily. Again, I'm blessed with, you know, an audience that I just announced it to. It's it's only 36 bucks a month, so it's a low commitment, but it's an, a way to connect with people. And the success stories in there, you know, when, when you really want to do something extraordinary, there are three critical things that you need. You need the right mindset, the right idea, and the right network. Mm-hmm. Without any of those, it's going to be tough. So we address all of those in that group, in the 48 Days Eagles community. You know, the right mindset, and then the ideas are just shared so readily in there, and resources and ways to accomplish those things, and then the right network. So this is really an example of a rising tide raises all ships. And I'm just thrilled to watch as people help each other. There have been some group projects that have been done in there already in this year, but uh, that's been one of the lights of my life to, to see what's happened in that 48 Days Eagles community. And you check it out, just go to 48dayseagles.com and there's all kinds of information there about it. Yeah, absolutely. Guys, go check that out for sure. I'm going to have that linked up in the show notes at menofabundance.com. So Dan, what did we not talk about that you want to ensure that our abundant leaders get out of our conversation today? You know, if there's any one kind of parting phrase I like to leave people with, it's is that it's never too late to have a new beginning. You know, we're here at the beginning of a year, which is really cool. You know, I, I welcome that because it's an opportunity to, to kind of take a deep breath and take a fresh look at what you're doing, no matter what happened the year before. But I, I often talk to people, I mean, who are 35 years old, and they say, oh, I majored in the wrong thing in college. You know, now I've just kind of kind of coasted in the grave. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. You know, you had so many years left to explore new things. You may change again when you're 75 years old and finding something new. But it's never too late to have a new beginning. So if things are not the way you are, and draw that line in the sand and be intentional about creating it, which is the way you get a lot. It doesn't just show up. Too many people look at their life in the rearview mirror. They just look at what already happened. I want you to be looking fully out that big, wide windshield in front of you and saying, that's where I'm headed and this is where I'm, how I'm going to get there. Dan, it's been a pleasure. You know, I'm so grateful of your time and grateful of your knowledge and wisdom that you've shared, gotten through your book and everything. Please tell Joanne, you know, happy anniversary. If you guys have any um, desires to come to Hawaii uh, and need some need some information or some suggestions or whatever, I'm open for you guys. Well, I appreciate that. It's certainly been discussed here at the Miller household. But I have enjoyed the conversation with you, and I hope that it's uh, stimulated some new inspiration and hope for your listeners. I'm absolutely sure it has, man. Aloha. All right, guys, we just barely scratched the surface of the information and the knowledge that you can get from Dan from 48 Days to the Work You Love and the 48 Days podcast. And I have personally 
requested access to the 48 Days Eagles community. I'm very excited about getting into that community myself because I'm always in some sort of a mastermind. I'm also currently in the Dead Edge mastermind and one other mastermind just for podcasting. So I really have to kind of curb my enthusiasm into what masterminds I can get into because I've only got so much time in a week and I'm building my own coaching business. And on top of that, I'm getting ready to launch a brand new member site specifically for small business owners and entrepreneurs to further enhance my men of abundance coaching business. I'm super excited about that. So if you think that you might want to work with me personally one-on-one on living a life of abundance in family, faith, finances, and fitness, and start your own personal business or further grow your small business as an entrepreneur, then I want to invite you to get on a 30-minute discovery call with me so that we can decide if you and I can work together and if what I have to offer is right for you. And if not, no worries. I will refer you to somebody who I think will be able to help you. I will not leave you hanging. Ultimately, I want you to get the mentorship and the coaching that you need. You can request that 30-minute discovery call at menofabundance.com. Click on the coaching tab at the top of the page. That will take you to a brief video where I explain a little bit about what the coaching is about. And then there's a short form for you to fill out so that I can get to know you a little bit more, specifically where you're at, what you want, and we can get right into the call. Rather, we decide to work together or not, you are going to walk away from this call with some tools that you did not have before. And those are yours to keep absolutely free. But if we do decide that we can work together, we'll take the next step after that. No pressure whatsoever. Now, no matter what you do, go out and live your life of abundance and make sure to pay it forward. That's all for today, Abundance Leaders. For more about our guests and the powerful information we shared with you today, be sure to sign up for our mailing list at menofabundance.com. We appreciate your time and look forward to hanging out with you on our next episode. So until then, be sure to pay it forward and live your life of abundance.